1: Good afternoon and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, today we're going to do part two of a two-part series on integrating the collective shadow of America. So now that we have a new president, we can clearly look back on the past four years and discover the collective shadow of America. That shadow has been exposed, a shadow of racism, misogyny, homophobia, fear of difference of all kind, a shadow of hate, bigotry, and a shadow of a politic made of quid pro quo for money and power. And it is a shadow which has fixed an economy around destroying the earth for more money and more power. It's dark, this shadow, and long, for these atrocities have gone on since the birth of America. While we have said and believed that we are a fair nation where all people are treated equally, we have not lived that. But we are launching a new reality with the election of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Will we now begin to live the soul of America? And how will we integrate this dark, dark shadow? Today, we're going to talk about that. Stay right here. So, we do have a new president now. The Electoral College has voted him in uh, as of Monday the 14th, and uh, we have one more step to go when the Congress uh, approves that vote on January the 6th. We also have another election coming up January the 5th uh, in Georgia, where we will decide who will run the Senate, whether it's the Republicans or the Democrats, so there's much more to be done. And in this interim, where we can relax just a little bit and say, "Okay, we have a new president. There could be a new reality coming forth from this." We will uh, look at this shadow, and we will begin to to, to self reflect. And I encourage all of my listeners to encourage everyone they know to self reflect in this way. To begin to look at what's been happening over the past four years as a very uh, as as evidence of the shadow of our consciousness. So consciousness is split into two parts, conscious and unconscious, and uh, we all have an unconscious, and as a collective we have an unconscious, and our collective society of the American culture has led us to a place of, um, of where we live. We say we live one way, but we actually live another way. We say we're, we're a nation of free people, we say we're a nation of a good economy, we say we're a nation of love and respect and, uh, and equality, but we, not, we aren't. That's not how we live. That's not how the common everyday man lives. And so we have to look at that. We have to ask ourselves some serious questions about whether or not we can make this noble experiment that is America become what we said it was in the beginning. And I think we have a new shot at it now. So I'm asking everyone to prepare. To prepare ourselves spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and even physically for the new way of being that we can create if we all put ourselves together and create it. What we've just seen is in the midst of a pandemic, we have brought out more voters than ever before in the history of America. And we did that because we wanted it done. And what we've proven to ourselves by doing that is that when we want to get something done, we can do it. So I'm asking you to want to get it done, that America become the America it started out to be. Because that was a very spiritual America. Not a Christian America, as many would say. Not a Christian America, but a, a spiritual America. Based in what... In, in philosophical truth, based in the truth that truly all men are created equal, and that that men and women are created equal, and that uh, that we do have the right to pursue happiness in our own way, these are that was the part a part of the Declaration of Independence, and that is the truth of our, of the basis that the Constitution was put on, based on. So when we when we uh, talk about America. We need to be able to talk about America from that perspective. We can't do that now. We, ha- we haven't yet been able to do that. And so we need to look at it. Now, I will so- tell you that it is true that in order to, for something to come to truth, it has to argue with its opposite. When when I want to be less anxious uh, I, have to, I have to look at and argue with anxiety. When I want to, uh, to have a career move, I have to argue with everything in me that says, you can't do that. You can't do that. So anytime we want to put forth something, we have to argue with its opposite. And that is always going to be true. So when we say we don't want a racist nation, we have to argue with racism. When we say we want a nation that doesn't hold misogyny to be the truth of what of womankind, we have to argue with its opposite. When we say we don't want a nation of homophobia, we have to argue with its opposite. And that is a part of how we will grow into understanding. So, so But the, the way that it has happened is we have shoved those opposites into the unconscious. We haven't really argued the argument. And uh, we argued the argument about racism once during the Civil War. We certainly don't want to have to have a war every time we want to argue that argument. We argued it again in the 1950s when the Civil Rights Acts became important and, and out there and so we began to really legally facilitate some kind of equality. But it's still not enough. There's still so much racism going on. And so one, one of the things we are beginning to come to understand is that we can't legislate a heart. We can't make people stop being racist by, by uh, managing them through legality. We can, however, increase our legal effort. And that does change behaviors. And so it might become harder for people to be violent with their racism. It might be harder for people to fire people because of racism. It might be harder for people to fire people because of homophobia. It might be harder if we looked at misogyny in the same way for a, a, a woman not to earn the same age, wages as a man doing equal work so when we when we, when we consciously fight the fight, we, we begin to say, okay we're going to change the legal system to legislate the behavior that looks at least like we're not racist, that looks at least like we're not misogynist, that looks at least like we're not homophobia, homophobic. So, but we can't change the human heart. And that's where the, that's where the spiritual part of this comes into play. We have to work with the human heart and, and, and pull out the, the what is racist, what is misogynistic, what is homophobic inside of us. We have to pull out that bigotry. We have to pull out the politic made of quid pro quo for money and power. We have to look uh, at, you know, why we fixed our economy around destroying the earth for more money and power. Why have we put our? Why do we want to continue to put our our money and power into fossil fuels instead of looking at other more uh, better and possibly less expensive and possibly uh, capable of building more jobs into the market? these ways are out there for us we can look at them and we can begin to to assess whether or not these are actually good for us but we've got a fight going on we've got a secret fight going on that nobody wants to put out there in the public it's, un- it's 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 kind of a secret so anytime there's a secret in the family you know there's damage being done so when there's this secret in our family is that we're not going to talk about how much we want to continue to put our money into oil we're not going to talk about that, but we are going to do it, and we're going to make sure we can keep doing it by people keeping the people who want oil and uh, money and oil and, and fossil fuels in power. That's what we've been doing for the past four years. That's what we did prior to Obama being in office also when Republicans were in office. So uh, we we have kept this way of managing, saying that, like like uh, Donald Trump said, he said that windmills would give you cancer, telling all kinds of lies about, about whether or not we can actually facilitate uh, a, a remedy for climate change. And so these things are out there uh, for people to use so that they can fight the fight against what would make America a stronger, more economically feasible, uh, economically sound, I should say, nation. Um, and so, the secrecy that's ongoing is about how we have we have in the past hidden racism, and now over the past four years, it's not hidden anymore. The secrecy in the past has been how we hid misogyny under power dynamics. It's not out; there. it's not hidden so much anymore. Just this week, we had a letter written by uh, a man named Epstein in the. Wall Street Journal saying that Dr. Biden, who earned a doctorate in education, should not call herself doctor when every other doctor who's earned a doctorate in education calls themselves doctor. But she shouldn't do that because she's a woman. And that kind of misogyny is now out there in the public. There's people out there saying that rape is is part of God's will that's out there in the public now. They're not, it's not a secret anymore, it's, it's exposed. We have exposed the dark shadow of America over the past four years. That's the blessing in all of this turmoil and crisis, is that now we can see how dark that shadow truly is. Homophobia is out there with people still saying they wanna take things to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court continues to rule in favor of the LGBTQ plus population. And uh, so we, we, we have this shadow that's been revealed to us over the past four years. We have a president who lies openly to us so that he, we can see on camera that he has said one thing and later he denies having said it. We can see in a tweet that what he's saying is uh, exactly the opposite of the reality that's going on. We can, we can know that he's lying. In the past, politics has always been a secret lie. They could, we, they could lie, and we could go, well, are they lying or are they telling the truth? Well, you know politics. They are always liars. Well, now we know. There's a lot of lying that goes on in politics. It can't be hidden anymore because it's out there in our face. We've just been through a period where lie after lie after lie after lie, after lie was told saying that the, uh, there was voter fraud. And cheating and all that going on amongst people who voted for Biden and Kamala. Yet they never found any. They never found any fraud. It was investigated and investigated and investigated and investigated and it was never found. And it was ruled against every time in courts. It was never found. So those were lies. And yet there's a lot of people that still are believing those lies. So that That's out there now. It's in our face. We can't avoid it. We can't say that they don't lie. And we can't say that people aren't trying to believe those lies because of their own needs. Maybe it makes them feel safer. Maybe it makes them feel more empowered. Maybe they believe. I've heard so many people say, well, I don't like Trump for whatever reason, but I like what he's done to the economy. And yet we have people in food lines We have people unemployed all over the United States. We have people who are are, are, uh, unable to pay their medical bills and are bankrupting everywhere. We have a terrible economy, and it's been terrible all along. That's been the secret. Now it's exposed because of COVID. COVID has come along and exposed the big secret in America. Now we see the shadow of the economy. Where we're saying things are good, as long as the stocks look good on the uh, on the stock market, everything looking good there, that's all we need to know. We don't have to look at poverty. What we're exposing now is a real strong, uh, clear, colored picture of classism. Classism reigns in America. We are A nation where we worship the rich and ignore the poor. And the middle class are considered just as low as the poor, so you might as well forget about them too. The rich are important. Everybody else is secondary, third, tertiary. So when it comes down to all the secrets in America, what has been exposed over the past four years, we have been blessed with this exposure is now we see. All the things that were hidden under the blankets of lies and um, outright secrecy and unconsciousness—we still have a lot of unconsciousness. So don't don't let you know don't let me uh, mislead you there. Uh, we we have unconsciousness in in, in a, several million people in America still believing the lies that are told, still believing that the election was a fraud, still believing that. Donald Trump was cheated out of the election, still believing the economy is good, still believing that black people are less than uh, and, and and people of color are less than, still believing that women should stay in the home and raise babies and shut up and not work, still believing that gay people are bad or evil or are, are of the devil. We have a lot of people still believing that, still believing that power and authoritarianism is the way to run a nation. Many of those same people are running their homes and their bo- their workplaces just like that. Authoritarianism is not dead. So don't let me mislead you. I'm not saying anything has died here. What I am saying is we can see it now. We can see it now. It's important for us to know that we we have a dark, ugly, long shadow. I took a picture of myself not long ago in my front yard. and The sun happened to be really far behind me. It was about Three or four in the afternoon, and the sun was behind me. I took this picture of myself, and I had these long 30 foot legs. And this, you know, the rest of my body was long too, it was like 10, 20 feet. So I had, like, you could say, a 50 foot body uh, in the shadow. But my, oh, obviously, I'm not that tall, I'm about five foot eight tall. So uh, that is how our shadow is. It's a lot bigger than what we see in ourselves. We look at ourselves and we say we're a nation, a good nation. We're the most powerful nation in the world. We're a better nation than all the other nations in the world because we're the land of the free and the home of the brave. And yet, we have a tall, long shadow. And it's dark. And it's not pretty. So now we can see it. That's what Donald Trump has done for us. That's what the Republican Party has done for us. That's what this exposure of our dark shadow has done for us. Now that Kamala Harris and Joe Biden are, in, are going to be placed in office on January the 20th, we have an opportunity to prepare ourselves to start now doing something about it. One of the things I saw happening during this time was lots and lots and lots of phone calls to senators and congressmen. They weren't listening. They didn't care in a lot of cases. But still a lot of phone calls taking place. I made a phone call today to my, my uh, representative to ask them to get the, the, the relief package out there. Stop toying around with Americans' lives. Get the relief package out there. And I'm hoping a lot of other people call today too. That's one of the things we can do. And we can vote, and we did that in bigger numbers than ever, even in the midst of a pandemic, even when the gerrymandering gerrymandering was being raised all over the nation, even when people were trolling the polls. We did it anyway. That's what we can do when we set our mind to it. And we're, if we can, I'm urging us to begin to set our not mind to the spiritual process of integrating the collective shadow of America. We're going to talk some more about that right after this break. Stay here.
0: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. SimRon, author, publisher, and life mentor, broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamura. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life. Have certainty in yourself and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Empowerment. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll-free, 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews.
1: And we're back talking today about uh, uh, part two of the two-part series called Integrating the Collective Shadow of America. And I want to say that this thing that we'll be doing is a very spiritual thing. We can't integrate shadow without doing uh, operating in a, on a spiritual level. We can't uh, integrate soul without getting in touch with soul. So what is a soul? The soul is the essence of a person. I think of the soul as what contains that person. We might have an identity of, um, you know, I'm the one that gets everything done. I'm the one that stays on top of things. I get tasks done. I, I might surround myself with people that don't get stuff done, and I'm the one who gets it done, and I'm on top of everything and get it done yesterday. I can handle the tough tasks. I can get stuff done really fast. I'm a superwoman. That might be my identity. But where is my soul in that? Well, most of us have thought of soul as the pla- a, a kind of small place inside our hearts. But actually, I think of it just reverse. I think of the identity, the way I see myself in the everyday life, as the yolk of the egg and the soul as the white of the egg. So the soul is, contain- is a container for everything else that I am. And it, it does run things in a way that I don't even know it's running things if I don't tune into it. And that's what's happening in America. It's interesting to me that we've reached this point of understanding that we have this darkness here. And what it took to get us there. It took a president who lied to us and who's full of his own racism, misogyny, and homophobia, and di- uh, fear of difference, and hate, and bigotry, and uh, quid pro quo for money and power. Um, and, and so he's—it's When we have a president who is the epitome of those things, and we ha- also have uh, 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 that exposure being lifted up into our awareness so that we can see that we there, there's a lot of that still going on. And a lot of it's unconscious. There's a lot of uh, uh, white privilege, for example, that we don't even know we're, we're doing something wrong. We don't even know how, how um, blind we are because we can't see enough to see how blind we are. Uh, so the white privilege says i'm entitled it never thinks about w- the fact that that entitlement comes as a result of being a white person it never considers the possibility that that other people wouldn't have that same privilege because it doesn't have to and so we're we're now slowly becoming aware that white privilege is a real thing and we're becoming aware because of of, of the fact that George Floyd was murdered by a police officer right in front of our eyes. Uh, and that Breonna Taylor was m- murdered in her home because she was not, c- not coming out fast enough f- for the police. Um, you know, so when we're, when we're thinking about this whole thing of consciousness and unconsciousness as it relates to the soul of America, what we're beginning to understand is that this exposure of the shadow means that there is something in our identity that needs to shift. We can't just say we're a land of the free and the home of the brave. We have to be it. We, we can't just say that we're a nation that cares about everyone else in this nation and yet tell everybody that they have to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps and forget it if you can't, tough, tough stuff. Sorry for you, but I'm getting my own. And I'm going to take care of my own, and you can ha- have to take care of yourself. There's no room in that for caring for other people. But that's the societal kind of ethic that we have—that everybody's supposed to be pulling themselves by up uh, by the bootstraps uh, by their bootstraps. And so homelessness is considered to be a weakness instead of a problem for us all. We don't look at homelessness as a, as a problem for us all. We look at homelessness as an individual problem. That guy just didn't pull himself up by the bootstraps. And that is not what we set out to do when we started America. We started America as a place where everybody was granted equal rights. Well, Everybody can't be granted equal rights if we start out with unequal foundation. The foundation has to be the same for everybody. Or everybody doesn't have equal rights. And that's the thing that we're missing in our consciousness. And so, so integrating the shadow will mean seeing the shadow first and then beginning to address it as if it's genuine, as if it's real. And then using that information to grow, to grow us. That's what we do on an individual basis. So if I have a shadow of uh, resentment, for example... I might not know that I've built up a lot of resentment because I'm doing a lot of things for other people that I really don't want to do. I serve them and I sacrifice for them because I think that's what makes me into a good person and I think that's what you need. And I'm I'm one of those people who just will give you the shirt off my back. But underneath all that, when I go to see my therapist, I say things like, how come nobody's ever there for me? I'm always there for everybody else. I'm always sacrificing and doing everything I need to do for them, but they're never there for me. And what I say when people say that to me is it's because y'all are in a dance. You've been attracted to and attracted people that are are not going to do their part, not going to own their responsibility, so that they can help you prop up your identity. Your identity needs to be propped up because that's how you think you've been surviving. You think you've been surviving because you take care of other people and you're always a good person. But really, your soul has been what's been keeping you alive and you just didn't know it. So if you get in touch with your soul, you can begin to trust your soul to keep you alive and then you'll you'll be able to let go of that old identity and begin to ask for and get relationships with people who will be there for you just as much as you're there for them. An equal partnership. So that's... That's kind of how we begin to integrate the shadow. We begin to look at it, and we begin to say, oh, that's really real, it really is a problem, and I'm going to incorporate that and and see what I can do about it. So instead of saying, I shouldn't feel resentment, which is what people often see, they say, they come to therapy and say, well, I don't want this resentment. It makes me a bad person. I don't like these feelings, so make it go away, please. And I say that resentment is might just save your life that ugly thing might just save your life that's what I'm saying now to America that ugly thing that we can now see might just save America if we look at it if we integrate it if we change what we're doing in response to it then we can save America America can become the America it was originally intended to be and hasn't yet been. So, when we're talking about integrating shadow, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about taking the ugly and not trying to shove it away again. That didn't work. We've been shoving away racism for 240 years. We we came over here uh, to because of freedom of religion. We wanted to have freedom of religion. We wanted to be able to worship. Whatever you call your God, in any way we, we chose, we wanted to be able to do that. Now the shadow of America is coming up to say, no, this was a Christian nation. It was founded on Christianity, and we need to be a Christian nation. We need to, we need to promote Christianity, and, and we need to be against any other religion. There are many people out there saying that today, and that is the shadow of American consciousness that we brought with us from England when we came over here in the first place. A lot wanting wanting freedom of religion, but also still having that unconscious hold that said, no, we have to do it the old traditional way. And so now we have a lot of people out there who have a religion of their own. And we have a lot of people out there saying, no, you can't have you can't have a religion of your own. You have to have this religion. If you don't, you're a sinner, you're a terrible person, and and there's a lot of hate in that. Which is a very interesting dynamic to me that these uh, evangelical people, fundamentalist people, are, are, are commonly saying that, uh, that they, statements that make it evident that they have a lot of hate inside of them. And it's the same with racism. We came over here, uh, so many of us came over here as indentured slaves. Because that's the only way we're going to be able to get over here. And so we believed in slavery from the get. And we brought other slaves over here, people of darker races, because we thought that they weren't people like us. We thought the same thing about the indigenous population of America. They weren't people like us. They were less than us. We're Christians. We're we're people who aren't savage. But these black people from Africa and these Uh, indigenous people from America well they're just less than us so we can take them over, we can kill them we can enslave them, we can do anything we want to with them because we're Christian that whole notion is based absolutely in hate and it has nothing to do with what we set up as the American Constitution, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution we said all men were created equal And had a basic fundamental right to the pursuit of happiness in their own way. But that's not what we lived. What we lived was racism. What we lived was we can kill and enslave any other person that's not of the white race who's not Christian. We can do that because we're Christian and we're white. So we have that power. We're entitled. That's the shadow of America. And it's still there. And that shadow... Uh, lies to us it tells us we're one thing when we're actually another and so when we look at that there has to be something that we can do about that we can integrate that shadow by saying okay let's look at this racism let's look at how religion and racism are bound together in an unholy alliance religion and racism are bound together in an unholy alliance and what one says to the other, racism says, well, you're a Christian. You're you're allowed to be entitled to be better than other people. And religion says, I'm a Christian, therefore I don't have to look any further. I don't have to question myself about this. And so hate is built in the model, into the model of Christianity. Now, I'm not saying I want to be clear that every Christian feels this way. I know that there are many Christians out there who don't feel this way. Who are not homophobic, who are not misogynistic, who are not racist, and who care a great deal about our country and what we're doing to the earth in the name of money and power. And so I I, I want to be clear about that. So when I use the term Christian, I'm saying it as they would, as the people that are evangelical and fundamentalistic use that term. Um, they use that term as if it's all right, as if it's an entitlement to do whatever they want to do. And I've heard people, uh, Christian speakers on TV, evangelical speakers on TV, say lies, outright, bold-faced, unimaginable lies, and they're doing that in the name of power, and calling it Christianity. That's some really dark stuff. That's some really ugly, dark stuff. And yet they've got followers and people that are sending them money all the time, and those followers believe what they say. Why? Because it's a leader. And there's so many people out there who've been taught to believe that external authority is the answer. If I've got an external authority, I'm always going to know what to do because they're always going to tell me. I don't have to think for myself. I don't have to ask any questions. I don't have to look at the root language of the Bible to see what it really says. I just have to listen to their interpretation of the Bible. And then they'll tell me what to think and I'll know what to think and that's that. The end. Now I'm a Christian. And so that kind of thinking, that kind of thinking that says external authority is where I get my information is dangerous. It is absolutely dangerous and it's a part of that unholy alliance between Christianity, and racism and homophobia and misogyny. So when we when we talk about uh, the darkness, we have to look at it, really look at it. And so what I'm trying to do today is just really expose it so that we can prepare ourselves to begin to integrate it. And the process of integration will be where we begin to do something about it. We cannot control the human heart. That is true. But we can legislate behavior. That is also true. And there are many laws that we can put into place that will help us change this dynamic. Once upon a time, it was true that most people hid their racism. And as I said before, now it's been exposed. In the past four years, it's been exposed because our president, and many of the other people in leadership have given us carte blanche right to say anything we want to say with regard to racism. So it's exposed. It's out there. Now, I thought it was interesting that we didn't get our didn't hear the president say in the, the first debate, we didn't hear him say that he would uh, put down uh, white supremacy. He would not say anything negative about white supremacy. He lied. He pretended he didn't know who the Proud Boys were. He pretended that he was not a white supremacist. So while he's been spouting white supremacy, he denies being a white supremacist. And so that's the kind of thing that we used to do in the past, that he's still doing today, where we say one thing and do another. People will say, well, I don't hate black people. Some of my best friends are black. But if you ask their best friends that are black you might hear a whole different story so when when we we we've got a denial thing going there we not we don't hate women we love women except they should stay in the house and if they get raped it's their fault and they should not they should just have babies and raise babies and not ever you know have an abortion if they don't if they get pregnant when they didn't want to be these are, the, these are our rules. We, we lay down the rules. We're white men and we, we tell you what to do. We're the external authority. And so you should believe us. And that's what we've done in the past. We've believed the external authority. And in order for us to begin to integrate the shadow, whether it's an individual shadow or a collective shadow, we have to get in touch with internal authority. So what is internal authority? Internal authority is that ability I have to look inside myself and find truth and live it. The ability that I have to look inside myself and find truth and begin to live it—that's where I'll find uh, uh, my internal authority inside me. I don't find it outside me; I find it inside me. Now, what we're afraid of, what everyone has been afraid of, why we have an authoritarian rule and have had for since the beginning of, of of America, even though we've said we want equality, we've still insisted on an authoritarian rule. That, it's similar in nature to the power that the aristocrats had in England and, the, and the, uh, the king and queen had in England. We brought that psychology, even though we didn't bring that law, we brought that psychology with us. And we said that the, those people know what's true. We don't have to ask any other questions. And But internal authority says, I'm looking inside myself. Well, people are afraid that if we look inside ourselves, we might find our own truth and begin to live that instead of following the sh- sheepherder. We're, we're afraid of that, that if we don't, if we, listen, it, they're afraid that if we begin to listen to internal authority that there will be anarchy. And so they insist that we begin to c- continue to listen to external authority. And we're going to have to have some of that. We'll have to have some external authority in terms of legalities. We're going to have to change some of the legalities. For example, one of the things that needs to change is that we need a, a law that says that women get equal pay for equal work. That shouldn't be even in question mark in 2020 and 2021. That shouldn't even, that shouldn't even be an issue at all. But here we are still 40 years after the, uh, the Equal Rights Amendment was started. We, it still hasn't been passed, and we still don't have equal pay for equal work. White women get much less, and black women or women of color get much less than that. So uh, it isn't right, and we'll have to have a law to do something about it. So we will have to ha- exert some external authority. But the external authority will be authority will be based on the internality of America, which is the soul of America, which says all men are equal, all people are equal. We're going to talk some more about this right after the break. Stay tuned for more.
0: It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Tune in to the James Dentley Show and learn strategies for success in business and in life. Dr. James Dentley is a proven success coach who knows how to convert good into great. You'll find out from the achievers and leaders how they got to be the success stories that they are. And Dr. Dentley and his guests will give you the tools you need to follow in their footsteps. It's time to become the best version of you. Listen to The James Dentley Show, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Empowerment. The White House doctor makes house calls. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll-free. 1-888-346-9141 That's 1-888-346-9141 You can also send your questions or comments by email to andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews.
1: And we're back for our final segment today, talking about part two of a two-part series, Integrating the Collective Shadow of America. So what we have said thus far is that our this shadow of America has been exposed in the, over the past four years, and that's the one thing that Donald Trump and his cohorts have given to us. It's a gift, and it's a dark gift, but it, but it doesn't mean to be remain under the tree. It needs to be pulled out and opened, um, and so that we can begin to really see the darkness that is hidden behind all of our, uh, our all of our outward behavior. Uh, we have a, for example, we have a. Uh, honorific, uh, not an honorific, but something we honor highly that is called competition. We think competition is a really good thing in capitalism. That competition is, is you know, I'm going to get ahead and and, I, and I'm going to fight for you to get ahead and one of us is going to win and, and the one who wins is going to get the most money and the most power and that's a really good thing because it keeps us going. We think we need competition to keep us going. But here's the real deal. Just like I said a little while ago that it's not the identity that keeps us alive, even though we think it is. It's really the soul that keeps us alive. That's also true here. Competition doesn't keep us alive. Our souls keep us alive. The soul of America has kept America alive. The reason we have survived this four years, the reason we have gotten to the place where we pulled out more people to vote this time than ever before in the history of America, even during a pandemic, The reason that's happened is because America has a real, honest-to-God soul. It's real, and it's active, and it's doing its job. It's working. And it worked through the people like it always will. So when we look at the soul of America, when Joe Biden says to us, we need to bring back the soul of America, we need to heal the soul of America, what he's really saying is we need to look at ourselves, really look at ourselves, and Work, do the work of integrating that shadow. Do the work of, of making our souls whole. And we won't do that by pretending everything is okay. So here's what I don't want us to do. I don't want us to just say, okay, Biden and Harris have got it now. They've, they've got it. I can forget about it. I can stop thinking about it. I don't have to be, you know, looking at my memes and my Twitter account and making sure that nobody's lying and trolls are not trolling me. And I don't have to look at that anymore. I don't have to call my senators or my congressmen. I don't have to write letters. I don't have to sign petitions. I don't have to do that anymore. I can just relax now. I can just let Biden and Harris handle it. That would be a big, big mistake. What we need to do is stay involved. All of those uh, 80 million people that voted for Biden need to stay involved. We need to stay involved, not just with what's going on in the politics out there, but we also need to stay involved with our own psyches. We need to confront ourselves with our own racism. We need to confront ourselves with our own misogyny. As a woman, many of us as women hate ourselves as women. We need to look at that. That could be a whole other show we could talk about. We, we, we've been taught to think of ourselves as less than. We've been taught to put, fit into a certain place in society and we stay in that place, and if we don't get it, if we, if we if we don't stay in that place, we're the bitch. We're the ones that aren't, you know, they're not, We're not good women. We're bad women. And so, I believe that was one of the reasons Hillary Clinton was hated so much. It's because she was somebody who stepped out of the old archetype of the woman. She was supposed to be the nice little first lady. She wasn't supposed to be stepping out help, helping her husband and doing the work of politics and making decisions about health care. She wasn't supposed to be doing that. That was beyond her role as a woman. So everybody decided to hate her. And, and the fact is, there were a lot of women who hated her because they were, they were, and those are the same women that have voted for Trump because they want women to have to stay in their place. Women have been against women from the get. That's something we really need to work on. And so, when we when we're looking at ourselves, we need to look at that. How much do I hate myself as a woman? When we look at, look at homophobia, what is that really all about? What difference does it make to you if somebody else loves somebody different? What difference does it make? How is that harming you? Why should it worry you if somebody else loves somebody of the same sex, or somebody else believes that their gender is not the same as the one they were born with? What difference does that make to you? Why do you think that it's your job to go around judging other people and telling them how they ought to live? How is that going to hurt you if they live their lives according to their own standards? That's a question we need to ask ourselves and but we're all up in everybody else's life. We're all up in you know legislating whether or not people can have an abortion we're all up in you know, whether or not people can, uh, will get fired if they're... We just, the Supreme Court just fixed it so people can't get fired for being gay. For the first time in the history of America, for the first time in the history of America, it was 2020 before we figured out that you shouldn't be firing people because they may have somebody of the same sex that they love. I heard the other day that gay people were sinners because they knew it wasn't really love, it's just sex as if we can separate those two in some kind of way, A. And B, that how do you know? How, how do you know what's going on in somebody else's soul? How can you judge that? It's all. It's the people who aren't gay that are judging people who are gay. And obviously, since they don't aren't gay, they're not going to know what it's like to be gay, so how can they judge them? These are the issues that we have to look at, and we have to look at them hard. We have to look at them long. We have to ask a deep-seated question. Here's one of the deepest questions we'll ever ask. Why am I so afraid of difference? Why does difference scare me so bad? Why does it scare me so bad that I had to hate anybody who's not like me? What is that all about? That's the question we need to ask ourselves. And if we're willing to ask that, if the 80 million people who voted for Biden will just ask those kind of questions of themselves and get real genuine answers and begin to work on those answers, we will change America, regardless of what the other 70 million people are doing. So when, we talk, when we're talking about uh, birthing America, I think that's what we're talking about. At the end of my show, I say, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Well, now we're talking about your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to America, the real America, the real soul of America, where we are the people we say we are instead of being hypocritical. We're not living one thing and saying another. Integrating the shadow means looking at it, looking hard at it, asking tough questions about it, and sitting with that ugliness long enough to see what it feels like By sitting with it, I mean don't try to push it away. Don't try to make it go away. Don't try to fuss at it and tell it it's bad and it should just go away and then repress it again so it goes back into the unconscious and acts out in ways that you don't even know it's acting out. Don't do that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about being able to sit with it, to just sit with that darkness. I have a deep-seated racism in me. And I'm going to look at that, and I'm going to ask myself some deep questions about that. Where did that come from? Why do I feel that way? What scares me about the darker races? What scares me? What is that all about? Some people will say, well, it's all about the economy. I'm scared if they get the jobs, then I won't. There's enough for all of us. That old myth of scarcity is a boogie bear. And it will scare you to death, and it will make you do all kinds of competitive, ugly things that have nothing to do with your freedom to be a soul. You have the freedom to be a soul in this nation. It was given to you by our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution. You have that freedom. But what you've done is say, well, somebody else can take that away from me because they're, they're, they're darker, or they're a woman, or they're gay, they, they can take away my my freedom because I don't believe they should be around me. So my freedom, for example my 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 religion tells me, not really, my religion doesn't tell me this, but I'm pretending to be somebody else right now. So my religion tells me that um, being gay is wrong. It's a sin. And I ought to have the right to not serve people who are gay. I'll do, be able to turn them away at the door. That is the exact same thing we did with racism back in the 50s and 60s, 40s and 30s and 20s and all the time before that. We said that black people, I'm uncomfortable with black people, so they shouldn't be allowed in my restaurant. They shouldn't be allowed in my restrooms. They shouldn't be allowed to drink out of my water fountains. That's exactly what we're saying now about gay people. How can we say that's right? when we did we said it was wrong to do it to to black people ask those questions ask those hard questions that's what we need to do right now ask ourselves some hard questions and i'm relying on the people who voted for biden and harris to do that if you do it you'll become you'll have an influence on other people and if you, if the if the majority of america has looked at its shadow and has integrated it, then what happens is the rest of America begins to fall into that same way of being. We begin to see that, oh, okay, that's how we can be a real person. I say this. Anytime one person in a room becomes more authentic, they challenge everybody else in that room to become more authentic because authenticity can be felt. It can be, it can, you can feel it in the air. You can see it on somebody's face. You can watch the way their body moves and see how it's authentic. Authenticity can be seen and felt and known. And so when, when we as the 80 million people who voted for Biden, those people can begin to integrate the shadow, we walk into the room with other people who don't feel that same way and we challenge everybody in that room to come to terms with authenticity. And authenticity is all about freedom to be. Freedom to be who you absolutely are as a soul. That doesn't mean you have the freedom to not wear a mask because, yeah, you don't want to wear a mask. It's uncomfortable and it's sweaty and hot. Man, it bugs up my glasses. No, that's not what we're talking about. That's not freedom. Freedom is responsibility to, to live an authentic life. Freedom is a responsibility to take care of yourself and the people in your world. Freedom does not mean that you have rights to take away everybody else's rights. That's what we've been saying. Freedom of religion means freedom of religion. According to the evangelicals and the fundamentalists, means I have the right to take over, take to say that your religion is invalid. That's what freedom means to them. And freedom of religion means that I have the right to say that you shouldn't be allowed to live as a homo, uh, as a LGBTQ person. I have that freedom, and I'm going to take away your freedom. That's not freedom. Real freedom is the freedom to be authentic, and that means everybody in the room gets that same right, not just you. So I'm challenging you, the 80 million people that are out there uh, that voted for Biden, I'm challenging you to take responsibility for your spiritual growth here and bring about the birth of America. So remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to America.
0: Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again next week.